So I'm going to start off with a confession. When uh, Pastor Eric asked me if I would speak, uh, I was like, I was excited. And, you know, I get to speak about once a month, and I, I love to do that. And I've been really enjoying this series. And I'm like, well, what's my word going to be? And he's like, confession. I'm like, really? Like, confession? I don't know about you guys, but uh, confession... It kind of, at least where I started at the beginning or when, when he gave me that word, it was, it was almost kind of a negative thing. Uh, you, know, you think, oh, you know, I got to confess. I got to, you know, do this. And I, I got to tell you that every so often when I'm going through scripture and just studying and, and things like that, I'm always moved, but sometimes there's a paradigm shift. And... I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit put on Pastor Eric's heart to uh, give me this word because uh, I had one of those paradigm shifts of just, I used to think of confession in a certain way and I've been transformed. You know, uh, God says that if we uh, immerse ourselves in Christ, that he'll transform the way we think. And as I've been in God's word uh, for the past couple of weeks, just preparing for this, uh, I I have been transformed, and my prayer is that if maybe if you're sitting there going like confession, and that's kind of a negative thing for you, that you will also be transformed, and hopefully together we can come to the closer to the heart and mind of God when uh, uh, with this word. In fact. I believe this word actually is at the very, now is at the very heart and soul of Christianity. So I'm just going to pray for us and then we're going to jump right in. Dear God, thank you for this church, uh, a place uh, that people can be honest, that they can be part of a community that is full of grace, but also full of truth. God, I just pray that if there's anybody here who, where I was on this idea of confession, that, that you will speak through me and directly into their heart and into their soul and allow them to be transformed, to be closer to you as we walk out today. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was going through and just kind of like just digging deeper into this idea of, of confession, my mind immediately went to confessing sin. Anybody else there? All right, yeah, I and mean, that's just kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, you know. And, and then I even thought of some of the really, uh, the negative stuff, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you know, like the Spanish Inquisition and things like that. It's like, you must confess and all this, you know, kind of negativity, and really getting into it that, that yeah, absolutely, confession can mean uh, uh, confessing something that you did wrong, but also you can, uh, it also is confessing something that you agree with, that, it, that, it, that you are confessing that, that is a public proclamation of a belief. And here, you know, is kind of a transformational moment as I was studying the word confession and looking at the, in the Hebrew texts and everything, do you know, and I didn't know this, but I do know now, that the word for praise, 
Praising God and the word of confessing sin in Hebrew is the exact same word. And it's yada. It's not yada to know by experience. It's yada. They sound the same, but they're two different words. Uh, And this yada both means to praise God, to acknowledge that God is God and you are not, and to confess at the same time. And you think about it, it makes sense, right? That when when we are praising God, what are we doing? We're confessing that we're not God. We're confessing that saying, God, you are worthy of my praise. Yada. You are worthy of my praise. You are perfect. That you are holy. But also, yada, by acknowledging that, I realize that I am not perfect and I am not holy outside of you making me that way, that you have the power and you've chosen. We'll get there. But that was so profound for me, and it really radically changed kind of the direction of this talk. And, And as we're just kind of exploring that, like these two different, seemingly different concepts are actually one in the same. When we confess our sin and when we announce that Jesus is Lord. That word, it means... God is perfect, and I am not. In 1 John uh, chapter 1, in verse 8 through 10, John writes this. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And again, the the core of Christianity is realizing that God is God, God is perfect, and we are not God, and we are not perfect, and we are totally reliant on grace, on God's grace. This is at the very core of Christianity. We've talked about, if you've gone to this church for any length of time, that we know that the original sin was uh, for uh, the man and the woman to want to be like God, to, to, be, to uh, have that pride that consumed them to the point where they sinned against God. Now, the second part of confession is this. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now, um, this is what I wanted to draw, by the way, uh, that, you know, this, this idea of sin, that... Uh, biblically, uh, it, it's conveyed as, as an archery term. And 
this kind of this idea that you have your you have a target, right? And you have a you have a bullseye. And if you think about it this way, that this bullseye is perfection. This is God's ideal for you, for me, for humanity. This is being charitable and being loving, uh, uh, not lying, you know, uh, not cutting people off in traffic, uh, putting your shopping cart into the little shopping cart booth when you're done with it, not in the little green island, you know, uh, you know, these kind of things. This is God's ideal. And basically, we are trying to hit that ideal. Now, there's two things going on. A confession, number one, in Christianity realizes that there's an ideal. There is an ideal. The other thing is realizing that we don't always hit this ideal. Sometimes we do. A lot of times we don't. And basically, sometimes we hit here a little off to the right, or sometimes it's a little down and to the left. Sometimes we miss it completely. Not you guys, but it's me. Sometimes I, I miss the target completely. And the gap between the bullseye and where we hit theologically is called sin. Now, this is where I believe culturally that a lot of churches have, have moved off of the mark. And, and culturally that, that, we're, that we're afraid of this, this, this gap. We're afraid of calling something and saying, well, you know what? Maybe that's not what Jesus said. Or maybe that's not what the Bible has taught. Or, you know what? Maybe that's not sin Anyway, maybe God wasn't right on that. Maybe we know better than God now. And you know what I'm talking about. I mean, a lot of churches have kind of drifted and, and kind of got away from saying, you know what, there is an ideal. And I think the, trip, the trick and the, and the beauty of, of authentic Christianity, authentic Christian community is the idea that, you know what, we realize that there is an ideal. We all agree that there is an ideal. And we also understand that we do not always hit that ideal. And when it's really beautiful and when it's really working out is that, you know what, the community says there is an ideal, but we also recognize that sometimes we don't hit ideals that ideal, and we are totally reliant on the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God to, to cover that gap and to make us right with God. And this is one of the core things, and this is where confession comes in, is this idea that I confess that God is perfect and I am not. I confess that, you know what? My action was not God's ideal for me. That I missed it. That doesn't mean that I'm going to hell. That doesn't mean that necessarily I'm a bad person. 
it means I am totally reliant on the grace of God and, I'm, and I am reliant on a community to help me. Ultimately, confession comes down to having a right relationship with God and a right relationship with his creation. Without confession, if you do not confess that, then you are saying that there is no sin. And if there's no sin, there's no need for Jesus' sacrifice. In essence, we are saying that we are God. And this is a very dangerous place to be. And unfortunately, in, in our culture, that this has become really misunderstood as we have this, this individualistic salvation message. That it's just between me and God and, and, and what I do is, is it only affects me. It's a very juvenile way of looking at life, to be honest with you. Uh, one of my favorite artists, Mike Ness, he is uh, the front man for social distortion, or was. Uh, I, I consider Mike Ness uh, my generation's Johnny Cash. And I don't know if following generations have Johnny Cash's or Mike Ness's, so I can't help you there. But, uh, but he wrote a song uh, much later on in life, and it is titled, I Was Wrong. And he just, and he goes through and he talks about, like, I, I thought my actions only hurt me. And, and uh, in my self-destructive ways, and, and he just, and it, you know, the chorus keeps on going, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. And essentially, Mike Ness was confessing that he missed an ideal. Now, I don't know if that was a biblical idea or, a bit or what that moved him. I don't know the man. But this is the idea in confession is, is saying, you know what? I confess. I missed it. I misunderstood or my, my mind or in my heart or in my actions that I missed God's ideal for my life and how I interact with him and others. And this is why I believe uh, one of the reasons why Christian community is so important. Because when we just leave it to ourselves, that we, uh, we do not have anything to base our, our morality and our lives on. And in the Bible it says that iron sharpens iron, this idea that, that, you know what, I rely on you to speak truth into my life, and you rely on me to speak truth into your life. And together we will sharpen one another, because alone we, uh, we miss it. You know, I used to uh, be irritated with people who who would uh, be on their best behavior and, you know, you know, kind of this idea of Sunday best. Have you heard that? You know, dress up for Sunday, you know, act like... I used to think, you know, people are trying to be plastic and, and, and all of this and everything. You know what? I have totally switched my thinking on that. You know what? If there's one hour a week that we're at our best... Shouldn't that be here? 
Because this is the community that inspires us to be our best. I'm not my best when, uh, you know, FSU is losing the second time. You know, that, that's not inspiring me to my best mark. I am my best. Honestly, I am at my best on Sunday morning right here. And it's not because of me. It's because of you. Because I know if I'm not at my best, someone will lovingly or maybe not so lovingly correct me. And that's a good thing. And it's even better if I realize that and I confess it and it's another word, but repent of my wrong ways. There's another great thing about Sunday best. If you go to a central place at least once a week and you make it a commitment to go to that central place and there's that hub, you know what? And you're at your best every time that you're there? Guess what? You can never drift that far. Because if you make it a point to be somewhere that is going to inspire you to be at your best. You can't stray that far because you want to get back to that place. And if not only proximity-wise, but also morally-wise and life-wise that you are at your best. And your best then your low will not get as low if you have that high mark. James, in James chapter 5, in verse 16, talks about this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know what? Confession produces wonderful results. It just does. When you have that correct biblical community where you have an ideal, where we all say, you know what? We believe that the Bible is God's inspired word. And you know what? We also realize that each and every one of us miss the mark. And when we confess it, that we are covered by God's grace. And wonderful things happen. Contrary, when we refuse to confess... that, you know what, things get worse and worse and worse. And eventually, a lot of people, because they, in their rebellion, that they don't go back to that best place 
that the best place that they are each week, and they get farther and farther and farther away until they're unmoored completely. And everybody has somebody in mind right now. We've all seen it. But also, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person onto the right path or back to the center. And be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. And you know what? Pastor Eric just did a beautiful example of biblical community. Sometimes confession isn't a sin thing. It's confessing that you are burdened. You know what? I've, I've been in Pastor Eric's seat. And he didn't ask me to do this, but you know what? This gap is hard for him. And I can tell you because I'm, I don't have to live with this anymore. I mean, outside of just being part of this community. But what really is hard is, you know what? This gap, realistically, for our church our size, is if everybody in our community said, you know what? Instead of going uh, to an expensive restaurant, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A, or I'm going to not go to Chick-fil-A, I'm going to eat at home this week, and that 20 or $30 extra that we saved, I'm going to put to my best place to make sure that my best place is there. You know what? That's not how it works, because not everybody will do this. What the reality is that God will place on a few people's hearts to do something big and help. But you, know, but you know what? What would be a beautiful thing is all of us just said, you know what? This best place is better than going out to eat once a week. Or this best place is better than maybe, you know, actually going to the game. I know this is, you know, I'm glad you don't have stones. But, and watching it on TV with some friends. He was confessing a burden. And he was confessing it to his biblical community. And honestly, it shouldn't be his burden. It's our burden. Confession, and this will tweet, Lindsay. She always asks me, do I have a tweetable moment? This is the tweetable moment right here. <laughs> Confession is about creating a right relationship with God and his creation. Because with Pastor Eric's confession, it is not right, it is not God's ideal that he carries the burden of the church financially or spiritually alone. And believe me, this was a hard thing for me to learn. That's called pride and that is called sin. It is our church. It is our best place. It is the place where we invite the community to come and hear the gospel, the good news, 
in a clear and understandable way. It is a place that we teach our children. And not even our, only our biological children, but other children. My bike was stolen at FSU this week. I wish that that individual had a best place. I, or maybe they're riding my bike to that best place right now. But we can't, this is why, you know, these kind of things are so important. That we come together and we say, you know what? We are going to come together as a community and make sure that this best place is taken care of so the gospel can be proclaimed, so we can come together and be inspired to be our best and to impact the world for the cause of Christ. Confession is about creating a right relationship with God and his creation. It puts everything in alignment. I want to just finish with this. I just want to tell you a story, and you guys know the story, but ultimately this story is the story of confession. It's the prodigal son, and it's found in Luke chapter 15. And Jesus was telling this story about, about a father who had two sons. And he owned property and he was a good father. But one of the sons had pride and didn't want to be part of this best place and wanted to live life the way they wanted to live. So this one son said, you know what, father, I don't want to wait for my inheritance. I don't want to wait until you are dead to get your money, essentially. And I want you to give me your money now, and you know what? I'll go. Essentially going up. And my, one of my children came up to me and said, you know what? Dad, all you're worth, you worth to me is your money that you are going to leave me when you're dead, and can I have it right now? Number one, they're not getting the money, ever. <laughs> I'll confess that right now. But it's, it's insulting, Right? So this good father, I don't know what that says about me, but this good father gives this rebellious little snot-nosed kid his half of the inheritance. And this kid goes on, the Bible goes on, Jesus goes on, this, this, this kid went out and spent the money on prostitution, on, on partying, on on you know what, essentially doing everything that the father taught him not to do. And he ends up feeding pigs. And in the, in the, in the sense of the story, that's as low as this person could have dropped. And then the story says he came to his senses. Jesus says he came to his senses and realized, you know what, even the workers for my father have food to eat. And I am going to go back and I'm going to confess. And he comes up with this elaborate thing. Father, I've sinned in front of heaven and earth and I'm not worthy to be your son. He has this whole speech 
And he goes back to his father. And it says, when the son was a long way off, the father saw him. This idea that the father, even this wretched kid, went off and, 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 and you, know, the the, you know, defiled the family name and, and spent half the inheritance on all this stuff. The father sees him and he, and he runs to him. And the, and the kid says, you know what? I have you know, sinned before heaven and earth and all this. And the father, like, it's not like he didn't even hear the confession. Because the act of him coming, the words weren't important. The action was important. And he says, kill the fatted calf. I don't know what the fatted calf did to deserve it, but that's what they did in the story. That's what Jesus said. And, and they have this party. And the other son comes and says, that's the good kid. I've been here. And he confesses to his father, you know what, I'm really hurt about this. And the father says, you know what, I love you. Everything I have is yours, but your brother was dead and now he's alive. You see this act of confession, there could have gone two ways. The, the kid could have, could have died in the, in, the, in the mud with the pigs and without a right relationship with God or a right relationship with his creation. But he chose to confess. And that made everything right. Again. And that's the power of confession. And ultimately, again, confession is at the very heart of our faith. When we confess, it puts it kills pride. It says, God, you are God and you are perfect and I am not. It also says that I cannot do this on my own and this is not about just me, but this is about us and who you've created us to be. And Eric asked me to give, you know, you an opportunity to respond. And, and the reality is that we all have things to confess. Sometimes that, you know, that is a sin. Something that, that we miss, that, that's, that, that's a negative. Maybe it, it's something that, you know what, I'm just having a hard time. I confess that I can't do life at my best the way God has envisioned life for me to be unless I confess to you I need your help. And ultimately, that is all resolved in one singular confession. And that's the confession that Paul writes about in Romans that I already read and I want to leave you with this. Romans 10 Verse 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. By confessing that Jesus is Lord. And if you want, during the response song as uh, the band comes back up, I want to invite you to come up to the confession. And I want you just to write simply, Jesus is Lord. And write your name. Because if you say Jesus is Lord, you know what you're saying? That you realize that you've missed the mark. That you realize that you can't do life at its best by yourself. That you need other people, that you need God, that you need people to speak into your life, that you need forgiveness. These three words, if you're able, if you're brave enough to walk up, and, and I'm not saying it's your first time, it may be your you know, hundredth time. I need to personally remind myself every single day that Jesus is Lord, that God is God and I am not. Remaking that proclamation once again in front of your community so you'll be at your best place and be at your best when you would confess that Jesus is Lord. Will you pray with me?